Welcome to the crossover day. Amen. 23 to 24. Now, let me just tell you in all of this, I'm not really a calendar guy. Uh, today and tomorrow is just Sunday and Monday. Now, there's a new calendar. We tend to set our goals. We, we, we tend to reflect on the prior year. We tend to plan for the new year. Uh, and, uh, uh, but really, I le- it's my walk with God. And my walk with God's not going to change unless I use this as a pivotal point to make deeper commitments and walk in deeper things. But there's a lot of people who look and think, man, I'm glad to get out of 23 and I can't wait till 24. But what are you going to do different? What's that, that definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting to get a different result? It doesn't work. The calendar has no effect on your life. Spiritual things are realigned for this time. I talked with Pastor Harbaugh. Uh, I had been praying and setting my heart on the direction that I'm going to be going in 2024. And he called me around October, um, not October, probably about the end of uh, November, and told me what was in his heart was renew. If you stream with him, you heard him talking about it. And there are things within the, uh, our lives that we should renew. Renewing our commitment. Renewing our, our, our faith. Renewing our first love. I mean, you can go through a whole list, and he has a whole list of things that he has tied t- to it. But I kept uh, praying on, uh, on what I wanted. It dropped in my spirit, realigned, which is really renewed. I mean, they're, they're cousins, uh, if you would realigned for this time. And I really, this time, for this time, really is what is in my heart on this, is I believe that the time that we're walking in is one of the things we're going into another election year. There's going to be some weird things that are going on, because if we go back to the last major election year, uh, there was a lot of weird stuff. That's when COVID came along in 2020. And uh, don't think this year is not going to be weird. Um, I mean, if you look at the news cycles and the political things, all the things that people are fighting about, and uh, uh, we're, we're going to step into some weird times. You, you might as well just get your heart settled and uh, follow the verse that said, uh, be anxious for nothing. And uh, now, now I'm not a car guy, but, but I've heard this many times and, and different things. And I looked up, you know, what are the problems if your tires are out of line? Well, it prevents unnecessary wear. Now, I want you to think about this spiritually. If you're not in proper alignment, you know, alignment is, you know, straight. You're, you're going to wear unnecessarily. And you can see this in a lot of people. They're getting worn down. Uh, vital to ensure efficient, saves money in the long run. When I read that, I thought, oh, that sounds like the tithe and offerings. Amen. A lot of people look at the cost today. Come on, be on. How, how many knew you, your car in alignment, but you didn't do it because you didn't want to pay the price right now? Yeah, yeah, I have too. The rest of you probably are not telling the truth or you just didn't realize the reason your car is pulling to the right is because your tires are out of line. Uh, but, if you, but if you pay the price, I don't even know what it costs to get tar- tires aligned. Uh, $100 to get your tires aligned, but, you, but it extends the life of your tires out, you know, which probably costs four, five, six, it seems like the... Toyota costs us around $700 to get tires on that, that thing. Uh, it will save you over the long run. You realize if you and I do the <laughs> principles of God today, it will save us in the long run. Now that saved can be used in a, in a multitude of ways. It might save you. You know, Tammy uh, uh, 
I didn't ask her if I could tell this story, but it's just a really good story, and I'm not dogging on Tammy uh, because we've all done it. Uh, I think most people know that Tammy got in a little car accident the other day, and um, it was a great story uh, that's, uh, really, it's a horrible story. It's costing me $1,000, but, um, but it's a great story as to life because she was pulling in, I don't even know where she was at, but I think it was, there was this, she's pulling into this parking space, and there was like a, I think one of those things that you put car, uh, shopping carts in, you know, beside it, and she heard in her spirit, don't park here, and she thought, oh, and then she looked at the cart thing, I think it was, and she thought, oh, somebody's probably going to push a cart, and she thought, I'm just going to run and run back out, it'll be, you know, I, I'm not going to be here very long, so she parked there because it was convenient, and she went in, and she came back out, and she backed out. I don't remember exactly how the story goes. This big truck started doing something. She backed up. The sensor in our car, it has one of those uh, beeping things that if anything gets close to your car, it beeps. It didn't beep. And, uh, and she backed into another car. It was like a three-mile-an-hour uh, <clears throat> you know, collision or something like that, but it, it, we had to get a new bumper, and you know how things are uh, with that now. And so, uh, but she was talking about it. How many times do we do that? We hear that little thing. Now, let, let's just, let's say she justify it. We can rationalize it. You know, we can do whatever. And we're all guilty of this. Like I said, Tammy just given me a good talking point, but I'm not dogging on her because of it, because we've all done it. Yeah. But in the alignment, God will, God will lead us, guide us, and protect us. But we have to, there's not only the element of alignment that is important, there's, there's a belief in the alignment that I can hear from God. How, how many here has ever, you knew you shouldn't do it, but you did it anyway? Praise the Lord. See your hands going up all over the place. See, God's trying to protect us. How many tests? So I told everybody, hey, you're going to have to wait a minute. I got to go get something. Went all the way down to the floor. And you, you went, I guess there was like a little coffee kiosk or something down there. And he was getting a cup of tea when the plane hit. And another guy driving in and he, he, he just really felt to pull off and get a donut at this little donut coffee place. He says, I never get donuts, but, but it was just a real strong urge. I understand that, you know, driving down by Scotty's Donuts all the time. You know, I, I get this urge of going in and getting a donut. And uh, he, so he pulled off and he made him late to work, but he bypassed. See, we've got to learn how to not only be aligned, but, but also believe that in the alignment, God is speaking to us. And so if we miss it. Let me go through my three points. Prevents unnecessary wear, vital to ensure efficiency and safe driving, saves money in the long run, and then I added, but costs more today. The other thing I know about or that came to my mind about alignment is a chiropractor yeah. or the alignment of the body. And so I looked up medically uh, what happens to your body if your body is out of a line. Now, the church is called the body of Christ. So we are a body. So you can really apply this to spiritual matter. One is chronic pain. In, in the spiritual life, it might not just be pain in your body. It may be pain in your life circumstances. Joint stiffness. Reduced range of motion. Decreased mobility. Discomfort when sitting, standing, or lying down. Permanent joint and bone deform deformities and respiratory issues. So in these, we see that 
whether it's our car, whether it's our body, alignment is very important. Spiritually, alignment is very important. Now, don't deceive yourself. There's a lot of Christians that are very comfortable in their Christian walk, but they don't have the ability to overcome things. They yield at every problem in life. We, we've got to be honest with ourselves. Do I have the ability to fight what is coming against me? I hear a lot of people use the word resisting. I, I'm resisting this. But resisting, really, I studied out that word one time. Uh, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And what, when I was reading the definition from the original word, what it, what it reminded me was of a defensive line on football. They, they put major strength and effort into stopping the opposite side. It's not just, I resist you, I resist you, I resist you, I resist you. No, man, they're down there, and what do they weigh? Like about 642 pounds, you know, all six foot seven of them. And they're in there, and they're like, I am going, I mean, their internal attitude, I am going to flatten you like a pancake. And I mean, they're going to hit hard to resist. When, when James was talking about resist the devil, he, wasn't talk, he was talking about every part of you has to resist it. And, and the enemy comes in in major points of a, of a Christian's life, of a person's life, and he attacks physical, you know, sickness and disease. He affects money and he affects relationships. There's three major components that he, he fights on and tries to destroy. And you and I have to resist it. Resist the strife. Resist the anger. Resist every component of what is trying to, dis, to, to come in and kill, steal, and destroy. And so uh, as, we, as we look at this, I wanna, I wanna, um, we're going to start off in Colossians. So if you have your Bible, turn over to Colossians chapter 2. Yeah. <clears throat> Pastor Harbaugh told the story, and when he told the story this morning, I thought, oh yeah, I forgot about that story. Um, I knew who the guy was. I actually been in, in meetings that he was in uh, before. And uh, uh, he, he said many times that he was a prophet of God. And, uh, um, but he, uh, he was flying around in a plane, a uh, transport plane. His ministry had a plane. And um, he had, I think it was 12 tags on his plane, maintenance tags. If you have one maintenance tag on a plane, then you can't fly it. That, that plane is a no-fly plane. You have to get the, the thing. He had like 12 of them. But he flew based on, I'm a prophet of God. God goes before me and God will keep us safe. And uh, they're coming into this, this uh, airport. And uh, when they got on the ground, the pilot was telling uh, some mechanics there and was talking to him about, I could barely get this thing down, man. This thing was hard to control. I don't know what's going on with it. Da, 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 da. And they went through some stuff, but, but nothing was done on the plane. Uh, prior to this trip, his wife said, I, I keep having a dream and God keeps dealing with me. Somebody's going to die in a plane. And uh, he says, God's been dealing with me, that, with, with me on that also. And yet he didn't apply it to himself. He didn't apply it to the fact he's flying a, a, a plane with multiple maintenance tags on it uh, that made the, the thing inoperable. And when he took off that day, he got about 3,000 feet and the wing came off and it severed the electrical system, which sparked the fuel system and the plane blew up in the air. Alignment. See, alignment is not just that I'm born again. Alignment is not that I believe in God. 
Alignment is not God has promises for me and they'll manifest. Alignment is in line and obedient. And as Pastor said, this guy's doctrine is what got him killed. In our alignment, we can't have a doctrine that contradicts this. Many people do. And so I want to read out of uh, second, or Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 17 through 20. And I'm reading out of the Amplified Classic. This is going to be my theme scripture for the year, if you want to write it down. And out of the Amplified Classic, uh, because I think it speaks more to what I, I'm, I'm really trying to go into. And he himself existed before all things. And in him, all things consist or, or cohere or are held together. In him, everything is held together. You want your life held together? Understand this. He himself existed before all things, and in him, all things are held together. If you're going to have your life held together, you're going to have to understand it's going to come from in him. He also is the head of his body. We're his body. You're not his body. We're his body. And I don't, when I say we're, I don't just mean this church. I mean Christians worldwide. It's Christians that make up the body, not individuals. He also is the head of his body, the church, <clears throat> seeing he is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, so that he alone. Now, this is a very important word because I talk about it, but I know it's really hard to do because I've noticed it because, say, like in, uh, in our, our finances, our paycheck becomes our source. Now, we may say, well, no, God's my source. But really look at your, your ability to walk without that paycheck. If your paycheck is turned off tomorrow, did, did you just go into anxiety? See, if he's your source, you won't, because you know that he has another flow of income that will come to you. He alone, so that he alone in everything might occupy the chief place, stand first and be preeminent. Now, this definition of Christ is not true for many Christians. He alone is not the source. He alone is not preeminent. He, he many times in a lot of people's lives have become second, third, or fourth. And we arrange him to accomplish things that are due in the natural. Verse 19, for it has pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of divine perfection, powers, and attributes should dwell in him permanently. So now if you and I are in him and everything dwells in him, we have access to all things. For it has pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, oh, I think I copied it incorrectly because I repeated myself, and attributes should dwell in him permanently. Now, uh, was that verse 20? No. No, I mean two, aren't I? No, one seventeen. Oh. Okay, one seventeen. Oh yeah. I wrote two. All right. One seventeen. So did I read verse twenty? And having been made peace through the blood of his cross. Now this is what I've been ministering on. Um, the name of Jesus. This right here made peace through the blood of the cross. The blood of the cross is our covenant. The name of our covenant is Jesus. And Jesus is the covenant of the name. 
by him to reconcile all things unto himself, which all the fullness resides within by him. I say, whether they be things of things in the earth or things in heaven. Now, realigned for this time. What I'm focusing on here is your, your and my life is aligned with something. We, we can't get away from that. We're aligned with our job. We're aligned with our education. We're aligned with, we all have a doctrine based on something. Jesus had a doctrine. And we've got to realign our doctrine with his doctrine. Not our interpretation of what he said. Oh, well, he didn't really mean what he said. Uh, I think he does. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not change. He's kind of serious. He doesn't have a communication problem. So anything that we try to change is of us. Now, I understand there are deeper things within the word of God, and we may grapple and struggle and try to try to get into the deeper things. And 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 we might be off or a little bit off as we try to learn and walk in it. I was talking to Peter the other day and I we were talking about this flu thing going around. And and I, I'm really I'm, I'm praying and asking God uh, to show me how to teach this to where it makes sense, because I really believe that that we can live in divine health and not get sick by things. But, but it's hard to understand what we're doing. I said, I feel like I, you know, like a doctor, you know how doctors, they're practicing medicine. I'm practicing faith. I'm stepping out. I'm, more, I'm looking at the, the battles that I go through, the, the thought processes I deal with, you know, where it's working, where I feel like it's not working because the Bible says we can overcome all things. And so I want to know how to do it. Uh, and I, I'm praying that the eyes of people that listen to me their eyes will be opened and they will be motivated to walk in so that their life is overcoming. Go to John chapter 15. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me... You can do nothing. This is a powerful verse and things that I want to deal with here is the branches have no control over anything they do. They're totally subject to the vine for life, for their life, for their production. We have got to align ourselves with this, that in Christ, we have all things in Christ. We are victorious. God is a giver, not a taker. He's trying to give us of his good pleasure. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. I'm paraphrasing and quoting scriptures here. Uh, He has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He can do above and beyond all that we can ask or think. There's nothing of a taking nature in God. He wants us to walk in more, but to walk in more, we have to be attached to the vine. Now, many people say they abide in him because they're a Christian, they believe in him, but there's no fruit in their life. They're not producing anything. They can't overcome anything. They can't, they can't uh, reveal God's glory in things. They just, they're just okay with the way things are working. Well, no, I, I, work, I walk in the victory of God because we come through everything. Well, what if you could bypass the things that you come through? Now, go back to Tammy's story. If she would have listened to that which she was prompted in her heart, she would have bypassed 
the, uh, the, the little accident. But as I said, when she came out and she left, she would have seen nothing. So it would be like, well, did I really hear God? But no, you bypass something that's going to cost you money, going to cost you frustration and, and do, you know, affect you in whatever ways that affected her. Uh, you and I can bypass this stuff. With all things, he makes a way of escape. He shows us what to do. But that alignment becomes so important. How many things in our life are we doing because we think they're best? Now, okay, you got to go deeper on this because this is a real battle. What else are you going to live by except what you think? I mean, isn't that uh, like a core component of our life? Well, I, I think this would be best. And then all of a sudden it all falls apart. Well, it wasn't best. Don't beat yourself up for it. You just got to realize you don't know everything. God does know everything. I watch so many people get to critical points, make a decision based on what they think best instead of on the word of God. I could make a list of people that have come to me, people who have come back and said, I should have listened to you. But in other lists where they don't say that, but I've watched their life. And if they would have just listened to me, they would have bypassed a lot of pain that they walk through. Now, the thing is, if they had listened to me and bypassed the pain, they would have never saw the pain that they would have walked, that they would have walked through. But, hey, you bypassed the pain. We've got to be in alignment with God. Verse six, if a man abide not in me. So there, there's obviously just because you're born again doesn't mean you abide in him because he's saying there's people that don't abide in me. He is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Uh, I made a post on this not the other day or the other day on how many of your prayers get answered. So if you took a random sampling of 10 prayers, how many of them got? Yeah, maybe five, maybe three. I think seven of them did. You know how many should be according to the word of God? All, All 10. Well, let me read it again. This is in David. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. We should have 100% of our prayers. Now, I can't say that 100% of my prayers. So I can sit there and say, well, yeah, I got 80% of them and praise God. Or I can say, David, you're coming up short. So if I if I if I'm honest with myself, I got to go back and look at my abiding. Where I'm dwelling, where I'm living. And I try to make the word of God my dwelling place. I try to, on everything, I'm thinking, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about this? How do I make this decision? How do I, how do I go? I trained myself to, to not answer quickly. Uh, I'm still working on myself uh, because by, by nature, I'm a, a, I make quick decisions. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to retrain myself to, to listen, to hear what, the, what God has to say. I go into many meetings. God, you're going to have to help me with this so that I know the, the way of the Spirit and, and not what David thinks. Because I want to abide in him. Whatsoever I ask, he'll give to me. Herein is my father glorified. Now, if we understand this in the abiding and getting our prayers answered, God is glorified in us. Let me translate that. God wants to answer your prayer more than you want your prayer answered. But you know what? We ask stupid things. And there's a verse that says, if you ask amiss, you're not going to get it. Why do we ask stupid things? Because our doctrine is wrong. Because we didn't read the word of God. 
Well, maybe God's trying to teach me something. Give me a verse on that. Where does God, who is a good God, who is a giver, teach you with bad things? You got a verse on it? There's no verses on it. But yet it's a doctrine of people. Well, God took your child. He just wanted him in heaven. Well, you know that person doesn't read the Bible. Because God's not a taker. He's a giver. He's the giver of life. He doesn't take people. Well, well, God's not healing me. Uh, Jesus went to a whipping post. You're healed already. Why, why are you blaming God for what you can't walk in? Well, we struggle financially. I guess it's just our plot in life. Did you ever read about the covenant of God? Now, he says you need to work or you won't eat, but did he ever tell you that work is your source? No, in fact, what he said is giving is your source and work is so that you have to give. See, we have dumb doctrines that are not based on the word of God. They feel good. They look good. Maybe a time or two they worked for us. But is it a biblical doctrine? And he says, herein is the father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. What is a disciple of his? One that can ask and receive based upon his word. Realigned for this time. You and I are going to have to get prayers answered. Now, I think that there's a, as darkness increases, I think there's a, a, an oomph of darkness that's trying to battle everybody. How many here is, does it seem like you're not getting answers to your prayers? Anybody? Yeah, me too. I think, I think there's an, ons, uh, uh, an attack against the prayer of the saints. Now, we can, we can fold our hands and say, oh, well, I guess it wasn't God. No, 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 no. We just read the verse. We got to keep pressing through until we obtain victory. We need to look and you need to really train your thinking. Anything that happens in your life that does not align with the word, sickness, disease, no cash flow, strife within your family, offense that comes on you, is a violation of the covenant. See, most people don't look at things happening to them as a violation of the covenant. I guarantee you, if somebody's breaking into your car and you see them, you're not going to sit there and say, well, I guess God's trying to teach me something. I bet you're going to start yelling and screaming. You might pick up a rock and throw it at them. Uh, you, you, I bet you're going to do something. I bet you if you're in your house and somebody starts trying to kick your, your door in, uh, you're going to get on the phone with 911, or you're going to go grab 9mm. Uh, I figured only people that knew would know. And uh, it's trying to, be, trying to be politically correct there. You're going to do something to stop the violation of what is yours. Amen. You've got to view this covenant that Jesus made with you, that we're in a covenant relationship. That anything that attacks what God has promised is a violation of the covenant. And yet you, you should stand up and fight like you would f- fight to keep your car, like you would fight to keep somebody out of your house. Uh, you, you let somebody, something happen. I guarantee you, even people in here that are afraid of dogs, if a dog started attacking your child, you probably would put yourself in harm's way to protect your child. Because it's yours. This covenant is yours. You should view everything that tries to battle your covenant is a, as a violation to who you are. Last verse, Isaiah chapter 60. 
Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. I believe, now this is a verse, these are verses that I quote all the time, so they're not going to be new. But I believe we're going to see a more clearly defined line in this this year. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. I, I, I believe this mentality of violation has to do with this. You and I have to fight darkness. And I believe we're going to see within Christian circles and people that call themselves, they're going to fall on one side of this line. Darkness is going to ravage their life or the glory of God is going to set them on high. And I believe that we're going to see this, you know, kind of like in the 1859 tale of two cities, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. I believe they're going to be simultaneous, and I believe that 2024 is going to clearly identify this more than it has already. And I believe that the year that we're walking in has great possibility. I'm not... Discouraged, I don't even want to be negative, you know, or come across as negative. I believe that um, that this is going to be a year to see the power of God more than we ever seen. I want to read a couple of Dr. Barclays I predict to kind of illustrate my point. Number five on this list is I see and hear war in 24. War on foreign ground, war on our streets between citizens, and war in Washington. Number six, we will see an even greater gathering and coalitions for World War III. Though most nations will fight hard to stay out of it, doubtful will have a world war without nuclear weapons. An antichrist-influenced government will keep playing with the idea of a one-world digital currency and a conglomeration of powers. Uh, don't think that this stuff won't affect Visalia, little sleepy Visalia, California. But now let me go back to, to his first two. Number two, I predict that those who make God's house a priority will totally enjoy the fruit of it and be filled with encouragement and power. And number one, I predict that 2024 will be a year of supernatural breakthroughs for people who severely chase God, severely chase Him. And as we come to the close of this service, we're going to receive communion. But before we go there, if whoever's going to help me move the table out here, go ahead and do that. Let's all stand. I do this every year at the end of the year. And this, this is really important to me. I, um, I, I even called Pastor Harbaum today. And I said, uh, uh, don't... Uh, I said, there's nothing wrong. I said, I just want you to pray over me. As my father in the faith, you know, ordained under you. Uh, I'm not battling anything or anything like that. I just want to be, I, I, I want some of the things that happened in this year to be closed out. Not follow me into next year. And I want some new things to be opened up in 2024 that I can walk in. I know within myself... Uh, or let me say it this way, that I know that just a prayer is not going to change everything. There has to be something inside of me. But I know my heart. I'm digging in deeper. I'm digging, uh, I'm digging to walk in to deeper things. So I know my commitment level is there. I want to see it. And I've said it many times here. I'm going to prove that the Word of God works. I'm, I'm going to rely on Him. I'm not going to try to make anything work. I'll, I'll do whatever He wants me to do. 
but I'm really working hard to keep David out of the equation other than obedience and submission. I'm a submitted person. I know that the gift in my life that God gave me, Pastor Harbaugh, I know it has an effect on my life. A lot of people, you don't have a gift in your life. You may call me pastor, but if I said something out to you, you'd leave. That gift in our life makes a big deal. I've seen it. It's changed. I've heard Pastor Harbaugh say on multiple occasions, I have seen God change this man being me from one man to another man since he's hooked with me. It's, it's true. These things are serious. Many people tithe because of the command of God. But there's a connection there of God's provision and power. He'll rebuke the devourer in our life. But they're not tithers. They can't see beyond the money of it. We've got to close. I'm sure everybody's had something in their 2023 that has followed them around and plagued their life. Whether it was in their body and their money and their family. We can close this today. And I'm sure everybody in here has something they want to see of God in 2024. We can open that door today. So what I want to do here is I want to uh, pray over those that that want to participate in this with me. I'm going to ask you to come forward. We're going to end up receiving communion up here. But for those right now, we'll let everybody else come up in just a few minutes. If you have a desire to close this year out and walk in something new in 24, I want you to come forward. Just stand up here real quick. I'm going to pray with you. And I want you to really set your heart on Whatever it is in 24 that you did not want, that you did not want to follow you, I I, I want you to purposely focus on it, that it will not follow you. I want you to expect it to not follow you. And if there's anything that's in your heart for 24, I want you to get a renewed sense of achievement in it.